you're listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing, the podcast about podcasting. On this show, we talk about how to turn your passion into a podcast that can earn money, fill up your sales funnel, and help you gain super duper confidence along the way. I'm your host, Emily Milling, podcaster, marketer, producer, and lover of all things podcasting. Welcome to another episode of Ultimate Podcast Marketing. I am your podcast producer and host and coach and all the things. That's me. I'm Emily. And I'm here today with two very amazing people, the youngest client I've ever had in my life. Oh my gosh. And she's so funny. And probably not the oldest or youngest, but also another client who's also very funny and the mother of the youngest client. So I'm here with Rebecca Lane and Zara Lane, and I'm so excited to have you. They are the hosts of Kids Q the Music, which is like the most popular kids music podcast ever to be made on the internet. Please tell me about yourselves and what Kids Q the Music is all about. Wow, that was quite the introduction. (laughs) Zara, you go first. Um, my name is Zara, and I'm eight years old, and I'm in grade three, and, and I play violin. Nice. You go. Tell me what uh, Kids Cue the Music is about. It is about, it is a podcast. I want to say the intro so bad, but I forget it. it. Yeah, that's fine. No, I forget it. It's a podcast where we talk to conductors, performers, and composers, uh, and kids like kids. That is what it is. It's true. I've listened to many episodes, all of them, in fact. Rebecca, how about you? Tell me about you. I'm Rebecca. I am Zara's mother, and <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my age. <laughs> you yeah, you can. To. I can. It's some 37. It's not a big deal. Anyway, I am also a co- the co-host of Kids Cue the Music, which I co-host with Zara. And I also run a music school called Upper Beaches Music School, which is located in East Toronto, where we live. And we also do online lessons, and it's mostly music lessons for kids. And that's why we started this podcast, because we like yeah. making music interesting and fun for kids. Wait, but you said it's not mostly for kids, because you said, you also said, oh, and let's give a big clap to the grown-ups who worked so hard. And It's true. <laughs> You're referring to the recitals where whenever we have an adult performer... We do double applause for them because performing as an adult is very hard. Yeah, especially like in a recital full of kids. Wait, no, 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 it isn't because they they've played probably played songs. It would be very easy for you, in fact. Okay, well, anyway, doesn't matter. That's why that's what you're talking about. It's an interesting perspective. I have performed for kids one time, and I won't do it again because it was very scary. Because I, I wrote a kid's album years ago called Gross Kid Songs, but like <laughs> I I don't have any kids in my life, and it was way too gross for kids. So <laughs> a friend of mine was so indulgent. She's like, yeah, come perform it for my niece. So I went to a community center, and I got all dressed up, and I'm performing, and they're all staring at me like, what is this woman? Who are you? Get away from us. And I'm like, well, that's the end of my kids' entertainment career. So I guess that. How can we be too gross for kids? I'm I'm really curious. I don't, I think I just like, I don't know. You'll have to listen to it on Spotify. (laughs) I make 10 cents every year off that music. We totally will go listen to it after this. It sounds I don't know if that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you will because she said it's gross for kids. Well, maybe I won't. Be, I won't be grossed out. Maybe maybe it's not gross for adults. I get that. We're on the same page. I like this. This is really nice. 
So I have a couple questions. My first question is for Rebecca. You were actually the first person who joined Podcast Rocket, my course, almost a year ago. And that's when we started talking about your podcast. So I know that this idea has been a really long time in the making. So I'm curious, what was the inspiration to create Kids Cue the Music? Well... I wanted to do a podcast. And as I said, I really like, you know, our, our goal at Upper Beaches Music School is to encourage kids to like music, to really motivate them and to instill a love of music in them. Unlike the opposite of what happened to many parents in my generation where we took lessons and they were just terrible and piano teachers slapped our hands with rulers and churches and not quite to that extreme, but there are a lot of people who have memories of being forced to practice a lot and then therefore hating their lessons and dropping out of music. Nana, Nana told me that her piano teacher was really bad. Yeah, it happened a lot. And it still does actually too. Just the, the discipline of music kind of overtakes the enjoyment of it. So my goal is for my own kids and also for all the students that we have to and just encourage a love of music, however that is. So that's kind of where the podcast came from. We wanted to create content that was going to encourage kids to do that far mm-hmm. and wide, not just our own students. But yeah, so when I was talking to you, I knew that that was the intention, but I had no idea how to execute that. And now here we are. Yeah. And, and it's such a successful show. And Zara, I'm curious, what did you think about the idea when you first heard about it? I was really excited. And then after a while, I started to get really bored. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm telling the truth. That's good. The truth is great. I love it. Yeah. Just be yourself. Be you. That's what this is all about. Uh, I think one episode I was really tired. Yeah. Yeah. I recorded an episode last night and I was also exhausted, but my mom wasn't around to hang out with, you know, at least you got your mom to hang out with. That's nice. Usually we have chocolate chips or some sort of treat. But we don't. We don't right now because this isn't our podcast, so we don't get to treat ourselves for being a guest. But when I we're should ho- probably mail you some chocolate chips. I'm so sorry, Zara. I think that we're supposed <laughs> to be mailing them to you because you're hosting us. But anyway, yeah, in, like in between recordings, we have sugar breaks. I love it. I love it. Such a good idea. Okay. I want to hear a little bit about some of the enormous success that you've had since launching the podcast. So you had a write-up in the New York Times and an interview. How cool is that? Tell me what that was like. Like, what are the other highlights? What was it like to be interviewed? Tell me everything. Well, I wasn't interviewed by a newspaper. I was interviewed by a person. So I wasn't interviewed by just a normal newspaper. I was interviewed because I know it's a kind of newspaper, right? Yes. Yeah. I wasn't interviewed by a phone or a newspaper. I wasn't interviewed like that. So like a newspaper didn't like just appear in front of you and ask you a bunch of questions is what you're saying. Okay. You're painting a clear picture for me. I get it. Okay. It's a shame she doesn't have a sense of humor. (laughs) Wait, do I? What what does that mean? It means that you're funny and we're enjoying you're funny. Okay, well, it was fun to be interviewed by the New York Times. Obviously, I thought it was a much bigger deal than Zara did or does. But I think by the end, you were kind of starting to understand how big the, that particular newspaper no, actually... I remember it was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. This is awesome. And I was like, what? What's so, what's so good about just getting interviewed by someone? Well, Zara was like, I think the New York Times is mentioned in this book that I have. And I was like, mm. yeah, it's so popular that it's in like a fictitious book about a mouse that you have. Oh, a cricket, a mouse, and a cat. Whatever. Oh, okay. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So she did have some context for the newspaper itself. She was like, I think I heard of this before. But it was really fun. And she asked some cool questions. And then she didn't write the article that she said she was going to write. Oh. But I mean, at least you were featured in that list, which was super cool. Yeah, we were featured in the list. The article that she actually interviewed us for didn't end up 
being pu- like we weren't in that final mm. version, which is fine, but it was still which a, fun is a loss on the part of planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned, because <laughs> your podcast is so fun. I love it. Okay, Zara, tell me what your favorite thing besides the chocolate chips has been so far. Mm, probably interviewing people I already know, because I'm not like shy or anything. But I am not all shy all the time, <laughs> but sometimes I am. Yeah, so it was a good opportunity to talk to people you already know to get into the practice and the habit of podcasting. Do you think you're getting better at it? I really don't know. Okay, well, outside perspective, you are. You are. You're doing a really great job. Like, like every episode that comes into me, I'm like, wow, Zara is just like shooting for the stars. She's like so amazing, so funny. I can't. I can't. I just sit there and I laugh the whole time. <laughs> and every time I'm like, okay, Zara, we need to move on. Emily's like, no, 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 no. Let Zara talk. She's the funny one. <laughs> Not the funny one. A <laughs> funny one. You're both very funny and entertaining on your podcast. Um, okay. So when you were first getting started, I know there were a couple of areas of the podcast where like it wasn't clear yet how everything was going to be put together. So can you talk a bit about the challenges that you were facing with so many creative ideas that just need a little bit of structure and how everything started coming together. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the challenges for me was I hadn't even really considered including Zara in the podcast at all. Over the summer, though, last summer, I was in like 2020, I had started doing some live videos on my Facebook page for my music school. And I was reading musical books, like books about music that are kids' picture books, basically, in live videos. And at one point, the kids like photobombed me or live video bombed me or whatever. Like they saw that, that I was, a, I, they saw me setting up. They saw I was going to read a book that they liked and they were like, we're going to be in this video with you. And so I indulged them and they were wild. Like it was bananas. <laughs> and that video had way more views and way, like it just way further reached than anything else. Everyone loved it. The, mm-hmm. the fans went wild. The crowd went wild. <laughs> and so, so then we continued to do them like that. Like I continued to do the live readings of books with the kids. And at one point, Zara was like, we should start a podcast. No, I didn't say you that. Did. You no, did. I'm, you did. You did. I don't know. At some point in the summer, you were like, mom, we should start a podcast. No, I did not. She started calling the live videos like our show. And we're doing our reading, our book show. Like, are we going to be on the show today? I love it. Well, yeah, um, I did. I was still kind of like turning over this podcast idea in my head. And I was like, oh, this is the missing element. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to reach children, but I'm... I w- in my head, the concept was still me kind of talking at kids instead of kids being the center of the show and asking the questions themselves. So that mm-hmm. really turned well, the concept on its head. You mean head. kid? Kid, uh, yes. I mean, but we would like to ask questions on behalf of other kids too. Just no one has submitted any questions yet. But yeah. we would like to do that as well. We um, should encourage more kids say, to do that. Oh, and this is a question from a girl or a boy named so-and-so and <laughs> say, want to... No, so and so, so that yeah. I mean, ideally, we'd even have a they clip, know more a clip of them but, asking the question. Yeah, they, yeah, that's what we really need. Well, that's what she yeah. So send in your questions. We wanna we wanna ask them. You heard it here, everyone. Send in your questions. This is really important stuff. I I think those are you do a really great job of asking questions. I know some of them are written for you, but you do jump in with some really great follow up questions for your guests. And I think those like I was listening to the one about Brussels sprouts and water and I'm like, this does actually spark a lot of interesting questions for me, too. So I appreciate that you jump in with these extra things. Yeah. I think yeah. that was like the last one we did, right? I don't even remember that. Yeah, we were at the music school when we did it. Okay. There you go. 
Anyway, I love it. I think it's awesome. Were there other pieces of it? Because like we talked about sound effects and music and how all of that was supposed to come together. So tell me a little bit about that part. Yeah, I was really worried about how to incorporate music into it because whenever you use music, you have to have like the rights to play music. And I was like, well, maybe if the clips are short enough and if we ask permission and blah, blah, blah. And it just, it was a lot of work. And actually, even if the clips are really short, you still can't use them without permission. So we started just asking our guests to play whatever mm-hmm. they were working on or whatever they were talking about. And that has worked really, really well. And that's so much easier. It's their property. It's their music. And then we are promoting them specifically if applicable. So that's worked out really well. That was just an easy solution once we once I got over myself and realized we weren't going to be talking about Beethoven symphonies. That's kind of what I thought. I thought we were going to be talking right. about like, oh, this is a Prokofiev violin sonata or something. Yeah. But we're talking about like bassoons and drums and compositions that people have composed themselves. Yeah. Very different. Uh, well, the, the one episode about animal sounds really stands out to me because there were so many different elements of it. And that was fun because we got to layer in sound effects. So you can kind of get uh, a mix of what the music sounds like and then the sound of the animal and, and it all kind of fits together in your head. It's really fun to work on. And also, a really what a great solution to get your, your guests to play. And it's also like you create sort of an energy and environment for the people that are listening because they do send in clips after, but they're playing live. So you have that like in your recordings they're playing live so you have that instant reaction from both you and zara of of what you think of the piece and you get to dissect it a little bit and again zara gets to ask really cool questions that like kids are asking get to be their representative okay so zara i want to hear your take on what it's like to interview so many different musicians and composers and conductors and who was your favorite guest so far and why i don't know Probably like one of my friends that moved away from group class. I hadn't seen her for a really long time. Yeah, we interviewed Zara's friend Reina, who they, they have grown up playing violin together. Reina moved to Vietnam and now she's doing online lessons with us. So we interviewed her about online lessons and it was really sweet for both of them because if your friend lives in Taiwan and the time difference is like 12 or 13 hours or something really hard to have conversations. So we made it work for this one little 20 minute episode. And it was really sweet. Oh, that's awesome. I guess so. I guess like what, how will I be able to FaceTime or anything? I don't know. I'd have to do it like in the middle of the night. (laughs) We can figure that out. That's a true commitment to friendship right there. That's what life is all about. (laughs) Wow. Zara, you're dropping so many amazing gems of wisdom. I love it. So, okay, tell me what is the most interesting thing you've learned so far from all the interviews that you've done? I don't know. A lot of cool things. I don't know. What about you, Rebecca? What's the best thing I've learned so far? Yeah, or the most interesting thing. I mean, the episode on the harp was really cool. We get to talk to a yeah. harpist and find out all about her instrument and how it works. I've always been fascinated by that instrument. But the like the process of podcasting has also been a really steep learning curve and also very fun and gratifying. So I've enjoyed that too, just kind of getting into a groove of what it's like to interview people and how to prepare them for as, as guests for your show, how to send out episodes. And so learning about podcasting has been a super fun part of this journey, as well as learning about all the things the guests are teaching us about. Yeah. Okay. So I, okay, you know this already, but I love everything about your podcast. I'm most curious to hear about your special segment, Pastor or Composer. I want to know where did that come from? And then also, can we play around? I don't know the answer to where it came from. Really? No, I don't. This is one of the same questions that 
Phoebe asked us when she interviewed us for the New York Times, actually, she wanted to know how we came up with the idea for pastor or composer. And the answer then is the same as the answer now, which is that we didn't invent it. It's a game that existed already. And a lot of music teachers play it in especially group settings, like group classes or classrooms or whatever. And it's super fun. Zara, can you tell us what pastor or composer is? It's a game where my mom, well, her, says, sitting right beside me, says, <laughs> tell me more, we have to try to guess if it's a pastor or a composer. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we didn't come up with the mm-hmm. idea, but it's been super fun. And we would love to play around with you. Nice. I'm ready. Really? Whatever like right now? Are. Right now. Are you going to put the sound effects in too? Sure. Let's I don't know. do you it. Have to. Let's give people a taste of it. And the word is Ditalini. Mm, I think it's a composer. I think it's a pasta. Ditalini is a pasta. <gasps> it says here it's a soup pasta, but I feel like technically most pastas could be soup pastas. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's... need a lot of soup pasta, but that's what does it look like? great. Let me like? show her the picture. It looks like a little... It looks like a straw. Looks like little beads. That got caught up. Yeah, little oh, beads. Oh, okay. Okay, that's Ditalini. Okay, another one. Drum roll, please. <laughs> um, the next one is... Oh, I don't know if I can pronounce that, so we'll skip that one. Oh, Papardelle. Well, it sounds like pasta is pap, pap. Papardelle. P-A-P-P-A-R-D-E-L-L-E. I think it is a pasta. I think I'm going to go with pasta, too. Papardelle is a pasta. <gasps> yeah. Now the question is, am I going to choose a composer to switch it up, or am I going to try to trick you by picking oh another pasta? Oh I'm going to try to trick us. Because mm. mm. it's so okay. obvious you would choose a composer, right? It is obvious. So obvious. <laughs> um, but you'll have to decide. The next one is Jesualdo. Jesualdo. G-E-S-U-A-L-D-O. Composer. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying. Jesualdo. So, what's your final answer? Jesualdo. What do you think, Emily? Uh, I think it's a composer. Mm-hmm. You are both correct. Yes! yes, we did it, Zara. It's great. It's great both did very well on this round. You won all the prizes though, because I missed one. You got two out of three. Emily got three out of three, which means that you know you'll get more chocolate chips at the end, or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Still, I. All my spell and cusp words right. There you go. Oh. So you already won today. I mean, I really thought I was going to lose everything to you, Zara, because you're like the best at this game. So it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Thank you for playing that with me. That was so fun. So I've got a couple more questions real quick. Now that we're a few months into your podcast, what's one thing that you think people considering joining Podcast Rocket should know? Well, I think I'll answer this, Sarah, because you don't know what Podcast Rocket really is. Is it a rocket full of podcasts? It is. It is Emily's course to help people rocket their podcast to success. So sort of rocket full of podcasts. And uh, what's one thing that they should know is that um, merely buying the course and doing the course will not make your podcast work. You actually have to do a lot yourself. And that's kind of part of the fun. So be prepared to work hard in Podcast Rocket, but be prepared to enjoy a lot of 
fun. It's very fun. That's awesome. Um, and the other thing I want to ask you is I'd love to hear your take on why you think a podcast might be good for classical musicians, because I know that's a huge part of your creative coaching work. I mean, classical musicians, I think in general are really as a community, we're lacking a lot of business skills. I think this is common across a lot of creative industries that we learn how to do our creative thing, like how to create the art that we are doing, but we don't learn how to market ourselves or any of the business skills that we need. So podcasting at its core is really for a classical musician would just be another avenue to market themselves. And that's why it would be good. Yeah. I mean, I talk about this a lot in my coaching venture, which is Rebecca Lane Coaching, where I coach classical musicians and give them skills and business tools to achieve the success that they want and to get the students that they want and all of that. So podcasting for sure could be a branch and an arm of that. A lot of us classical musicians are at the stage where we we really are building websites even and like optimizing websites and doing even more fundamental things than that. So podcast would be helpful because it is like an audio medium. So it's a way of, you know, sharing the music that you're doing and getting that out there, but it's only one piece of the puzzle and you need to make sure that you have some other vessel to catch people that you're attracting through your podcast. And that would be like a website. Yeah. Well, you know, classical musicians or other creatives out there, maybe, I don't know, but mostly classical musicians, you have to go find Rebecca and just learn from her because she knows all of this stuff. She's such an amazing human being. And I just, I love this venture. I think it's so very needed because you're right. Like classical music is not top of mind for people, but it's what I learned when I was a kid. You know this, I learned with the Suzuki method. I learned piano with it and it was instrumental in my life, (laughs) (laughs) but it is. And it's enabled me to learn how to compose electronic music and to play guitar without actually having a teacher and lots of other instruments. So yeah, everyone should, first of all, go take lessons and then be coached by Rebecca to be a professional classical musician that makes lots of money. Let's make money with our creativity, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. Because why not? So on that note, where can people go to learn more about Upper Beaches music and Kids Cue the Music and your coaching programs? So for um, Upper Beaches music, you can visit upperbeachesmusic.com and you can find us at Upper Beaches music on social media channels, Facebook and Instagram. Kids Cue the Music can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple, Spotify, etc. And Rebecca Lane Coaching is at Rebecca Lane coach on Instagram and RebeccaLaneCoaching.com. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you both so much for being here. I really do appreciate your time and all this fun energy you brought in. And you make every month, there's a Friday every month. Today happens to be that one where I get to edit all of your episodes. And it's pure joy for me. It's so fun. So I just want to say I appreciate both of you for giving me the opportunity to be part of your podcast and for putting it out there and for being yourselves and so awesome and cool and amazing. So thank you. And yeah, that's classic me trying to wrap up an episode never can figure out how to end it. That's the hardest part. It is the hardest part to end the episode. I know. I'm leaning into it now. Yeah. I mean, you should all just go and and buy Podcast Rocket and then do it. And then that will be the most fun thing that you have done in a while. That's what we should do. How are we going to get to the end of the podcast? I'm still trying to get to the end. Okay. So we're here for at least another hour, Zara. Okay. Hang on. Are you counting? I know that's not true. Okay, thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Have a lovely afternoon. Thanks, Emily. 
Thanks for listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing. If you enjoyed the show and found some value in it, it would mean so much to me if you left a written review and star rating on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find this show. And if you're looking for a podcast production team, look no further, darlings. We've got you covered. Head on over to theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting. You can also find us over on Instagram at the underscore ultimate creative.